Welcome to Tales of an Outdoor Writer. I'm Mark Freeman, outdoor writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Medford, Oregon, part of the Rosebud Media Complex. Here we are, as usual, with Jamie Lush, Mail Tribune photographer, videographer, extraordinaire, and one of my main partner in crime in this outdoor beat we've been doing here together for well over a decade. Uh, we're coming to you today from a different spot, Common Block Brewing Company, downtown Medford, sipping some suds and talking about the stories behind the stories that you see in Oregon Outdoors on Friday in the Mail Tribune and 24-7 in MailTribune.com. Now, one of the regular features of uh, Oregon Outdoors every week is the fishing report. It's about 60 inches of uh, agate detailing, you know, what's happening where in every lake and on the road, coastal waters, the ocean. I got tides in there, ocean conditions. I'm happy I'm not writing that thing every week. Oh, man, it takes <laughs> forever. I make, I it's like... 14 websites or telephone calls I make every week to do that thing. Uh, I call it search and destroy because that's really what it's all about. People just want to find out how to hunt stuff down, kill their fish. But uh, to a lot of people, you know, the way I look at it is it's tell me theirs, but damn you, don't give away mine. <laughs> <laughs> now, including myself, uh, my first couple years I'd always come back from a good fishing trip and let Mark know where all the hot spots were and what I was doing. And the next day I'd read the paper and like, there it would be. I'm like, man, I'm not sure if I want that stuff in the paper. So, hey, you're so. one of us now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's sacred. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and really nothing is sacred. But tell you, this week, there's at least a thousand pair of eyes made on one entry in that uh, search and destroy. And that's Diamond Lake. And the reason is because Saturday is the annual Blackbird Shopping Center's uh, Rainbow 5000 Trout Fishing Derby. That's when uh, about a thousand people plunked down 16 bucks to get into this derby to see who can catch the biggest fish at Diamond Lake that day. And they pay down a whole bunch of spots. They pay $5,000 total, but $1,000 goes to the first fish, the biggest fish, by weight. And uh, everybody's always geeked up about this thing. You know, I remember uh, when this thing started, this is like 21st year. Some of those early years, uh, Mail Tribune was a co-sponsor of this thing. Yeah, I know. I'm a total Diamond Lake expert. I could rule that thing and win it every year, but I can't participate. <laughs> It'd be a conflict of interest or something. Oh, the thing is, they wanted me to like get in these party boats and drive around and like throw T-shirts to people in boats. And I'm like, man, I'm not gonna do that crap. Yeah. <laughs> and then it kind of fell fell apart over time, you know. But uh, we've been covering it, covering it all these years, and we've got some funny stories coming out of that. Uh, but really, so what we thought today would be just the ultimate Diamond Lake fishing report for uh, Saturday. First of all, conditions look pretty good. You know, it's been a weird year up there. Uh, there's been a lot of storms and cold fronts have moved through, so it's like almost no mosquitoes compared to uh, most years. Yeah, we were just up there today, this morning, and on. I didn't get chewed to hell. Yeah, we no, I brought the, the repellent, had it in my pocket, and was ready to, to bust it out because Diamond Lake can be like mosquito worst place ever. But yeah. no, not bad. You know, I, I got one of those uh, like $1 uh, nets that you put around your head, you know, <laughs> to keep the bugs out. And I always, I always keep at least one or two in my truck because you know there's days up at Diamond Lake where you could sell those things for 100 bucks. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> wish the mosquitoes were out to watch you wear that stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so the fact is the water is really clear. Now, it looked like a little bit of an algae bloom on the south end, but uh, I was checking with the guys in the, at, at Diamond Lake uh, Resort, and, and the visibility is still holding up at more than 15 feet on the Secchi disc. Now, 
that's a, a circular disc, usually white, sometimes white and black. They lower down in the water and until you can't see it anymore, that's the Secchi Dead. So 15 feet deep. You know, that lake's, uh, you know, a lot of times you're fishing 25, 30 feet of water. Um, but so anything really under uh, over 15 feet is probably pretty good. But it also means is that you really got to go with light leaders, two, three, four pound leaders, and really nothing more than a six pound running line uh, to really take advantage of those conditions. Now, there's two ways to fish up there. It's trolling and still fishing. For you guys participating in this derby, if you want to troll, you really want to fish a, redding, a wedding ring. It's about four feet behind a, a small flasher with a little chunk of worm on it. That's a real standard deal, real popular. Places like you know, Lost Creek Lake, and that's, that's pretty much the go-to for trollers these days. The guys in the last few weeks are averaging 14-inch fish catching uh, uh, by trolling. Now, still fishers are primarily fishing power bait right now. It's a number 16 treble hook, four feet a liter, like two or three pound, and they're averaging uh, 16 to 18 inches. So what's that tell you, trollers? You better go buy some dough. <laughs> now, the size of the fish, the length of the fish, isn't really what counts. In this derby, it goes by weight. So it, there's a lot of different fish, kinds of fish, uh, strains of hatchery fish in Diamond Lake. Now, for you don't, of you who don't know, Diamond Lake is a historically fishless fish, a fishless lake, so it's all uh, stockfish anyways. There's several strains. You know, for years, the Department of Fish and Wildlife in Oregon was fishing, uh, stocking their Oak Springs rainbows, and, and it was a, a strain that they chose because it was easy to grow them to eight inches. They had good survival rates, and uh, so able to crank out a lot of fish at a, a small amount of money. Those fish really don't grow that big. In the last couple, yes, several years, there's really been a bigger push, really by anglers, to get uh, hatchery strains that grow bigger. So they added one called the fish witch, and those are pretty predominant in Diamond Lake. And like an 18 inch fish witch weighs about one and a half pounds. Now, the best fish in that lake is the crane bow. And I know you know about crane bows. Yeah, crane bows, uh, those things are awesome. I spent a lot of time fishing Crane Prairie where the crane bow comes from. And I know they, they grow fast, they grow big, and they're mean and they fight hard. I love the crane bow. So an 18 inch crane bow will weigh anywhere between like two and a quarter and up to three pounds. So clearly a crane bow is probably gonna win this derby on Saturday. Bring somebody a thousand bucks. Last year's fish was a 22 incher and it weighed over four pounds. Most of the good action now is in 25 to 30 feet of water, or if you can find some place where, there, where the, uh, the ridge drops off, like on a ledge or uh, a creek, an old creek uh, bed kind of thing. That's yeah, I still that. like the weed lines this time of year, too. If you yeah. can find where there's a big break in the weeds, it's a good area. Now, the flavors this year at Diamond Lake for Power Bait is, is anything with garlic on it. Rainbow garlic's been the best. Chartreuse garlic has been there, too. And if you don't have garlic, another good thing is to uh, spray your baits with garlic and shrimp oil. And that even goes for uh, people fishing uh, worms under bobbers. You know, why garlic this year? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure I'm buying into, into all of that. I like uh, just uh, Sartreuse Sparkle Power Baits, a good one for me. <laughs> yeah, and the, well, the guys I'm talking to, it's, it's like, you know, if, if you don't know these guys, you call them, it's like, you know, so what's working? And, you know, what's working is what they have a lot of on their shell that they haven't sold. Yeah, that, that could very well like, be. Yeah, but it's not in this case. <laughs> these guys have been, they've been top drawer fishing reports uh, every week for decades. Him, those guys, and uh, 
Jim Carrey at the Rogue Outdoor Store in Gold Beach. Uh, best honest reports I get every week. All right, garlic it is. Why, I don't know. Garlic's a big deal right now, but I can tell you why Power Bait works so well. Uh, seven, eight years ago, I interviewed one of the developers of Power Bait, well, a guy who worked for Berkeley. His name is Keith Jones. It was based on two things, hatchery fish and supermodeling. Supermodeling is taking something a fish knows as food, but making it exaggerated and even more appealing. Now, these guys started in the 80s with this premise, we gotta find the right bait to catch hatchery trout. Because uh, that's the thing that most trout fishermen fish for in the country. You know, we in the West, you know, we, we get to fish on natives and actually have a lot of real fish in our waters. But, you know, this, they're shooting for mainstream America. So they were looking at exactly at the traits of a hatchery fish. Now, these things are in unnaturally dense communities, these, these concrete ponds. They're swimming around in circles and they're waiting for food pellets to come out of the machine or a guy to throw them out of a bucket. And, you know, Keith Jones, the guy that was saying how, you know, he noticed how, you know, he really keyed on these, these fish pellets and how, you know, they were so in tune to these things that when a guy showed up with a bucket, they could see a bucket or a shadow of a guy, they all, they all swam over to where he was waiting for the food pellets to be thrown in. So they took the food pellets and they created a dough bait that tasted and smelled, primarily smelled, just like this, the, the food pellets they had. Damn it, why didn't I have that idea? <laughs> no. But, uh, and they did it, and then they added all these different colors, and they, they tested all these things out. You know, he, he would go out and fish uh, off a dock around these other trout guys using just one color and against everybody else, and he'd consistently catch 35% more fish than uh, anybody else. And the thing about supermodeling, so they, they took the, the taste and the smell of these food pellets and made them bigger so you have this big it looks like it looks like a big you know bacon cheeseburger to these fish and it plays on their psyche it's like they remember the smell they remember how nice it was living in that pond without any predators and having to work for a living and here's like a, a present from the past and they're gonna eat these things they can't help themselves and it works yeah i remember um as a kid fishing power bait um Always wondering why on fishing power bait I'd always catch hatchery fish and very rarely a native. And I guess I, now I know why. Those natives were used to eating the natural food in their environment and the hatchery fish uh, couldn't pass up the cheeseburgers. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, it's funny. And when I interviewed him, this was like seven, eight years ago, but I said, so what's the best color? And he says, it's this, it's this lemon yellowish green. And I said, well, what's, what's the one that in the, in the bottle? And he says... We don't sell it. For some reason, that's the one he had the most success on in all this field testing. And uh, they don't even offer, they didn't offer it uh, definitely at the time. I remember him saying, it's like, yeah, you can tell how much pull I have around this place. Yeah. So he created, you know, the, the best thing that ever happened to people fishing stock trout ponds. And he can't even get his best flavor, and best color out there. So what's your favorite spot to fish Diamond Lake? I know you, you've been kind of a Diamond Lake horse for a long time. Yeah, early in the season, before the water's warmed up, uh, before the algaes have bloomed too much, I like to fish the shallower water that I can with bobbers and worms. It's just, I like watching the bobber go down. It's super yeah. fun. Uh -huh. And then as the season progresses, it's for me, it's all about finding the right depth. So I'll fish uh, power bait and worms and bobber and, and just keep moving the boat until, you know, in different depths. So I'll start at about 12 feet, and if I'm not getting bites, I'll move out to 15 feet, not getting bites, move out to 18 feet until I start getting bites, and then I feel like I'm in it, and I'm rolling. 
And I guess the, the important thing though, when you're doing fishing on this deeper water, is the bobber stopper. Yeah, I have a, a nice way to rig up the bobber where I can adjust its depth by sliding the bobber up and down. It's a really common way to rig up a bobber for salmon and steelhead fishing. And guys are using it for trout too, but not too many. But you can just adjust where the bobber stopper is to adjust your depth. So with my depth finder, I can see I'm fishing 22 feet of water and I can adjust that bobber to fish that worm at 21 feet of water right yeah, off the yeah. bottom. And it's a, it's a pretty nice way to get the worm down in their face. I gotta admit, that's one of the one of maybe two things I've poached from you over the years. <laughs> it's a pretty good setup. Yeah, there. it's a great setup that way. And, you know, the idea is to float that, have that worm wiggling around about uh, a foot above the weed line. So if you can look in your fish finder, see the depth and judge how deep the weeds, how high the weeds are, that's really ideal where you want to be. And if you don't want to mess with that fancy setup, you can just use power bait. <laughs> so where's your favorite spots? Uh, I like the south end and again, I don't know that I really have a spot early in the season in front of the pizza parlor is really good, especially yeah. before the water's warmed up. Right. But it's going to warm up really quick. And then for me, like I said, it's just about finding the right depth. Well, a lot of it for me is if I'm going off the north ramp or the south ramp. You know, back right after they wrote on the lake in 2006, when we were back fishing 2007, when it was just awesome fishing. I like to go straight across the lake from the north ramp to uh, the shrimp beds. There's a nice cut there where it goes from like 10 or 11 feet to like 18 feet. Yeah, I've been over there. That's yeah. a good area. And they, they cruise that channel really good. So in the morning, they're up on the flats early in the morning. So you anchor in the channel and cast into the flats. And once the sun gets on the water, you flip it. You anchor in the flats and cast in the channel. That's deadly. Anytime you can find a cut like that in a lake, there's going to be fish in there patrolling it 24-7. Uh, south end, I like the south end too, you know. Years ago, I used to throw my float tube in at the pizza parlor and uh, throw out these a mambo leech that I tied and just kind of fit around right right against the weed line that used to pack up again near the bank there and just totally kick ass. It was it was a lot of fun. Half the time I fish there, I'm either fishing with a kid or I'm fishing with this kid sitting across from me. So yeah, that's the way it works. A lot of people still like the cheese hole, you know. It's still producing. You know, there's going to be another place that's going to be really popular for people in the know this weekend and it's going to be right around the marina and the reason is three words free fishing day so free fishing day was uh, three weeks ago and they had a, a, a temporary pond set up right next to the resort marina on the grass over there for this kitty kitty pool to fish in and had all these stock fish in there and a whole bunch of these big fish as well you know I don't know about you but uh, I never let my kids fish in, no, in the swimming pool thing. Just going to interject. That's not something that take my class. That's <laughs> not cheating. I can't show them how to do it that like that. That ain't fishing, no. man. And so apparently they had a bunch of fish in there, and there were like 125, 150 of them left, and including some fish 22 to 26 inches long. So to get them from the makeshift pond to the lake, they laid out this big, long thing of bisqueen, and they had kids. And adults on each side holding the sides and just collapse the sides of the pond and all these fish it's like this big slip and slide right down outside the marina right into the lake Ooh, 26 inches yeah Maybe yeah I'd break my rule for one that that, that could <laughs> that that could do the trick I and mean, we were just up there uh today fishing with uh this really cool dude named uh john vincent fish on john vincent he used to be a guide up there in the 80s and early 90s and he's retired lives in prospect and uh, 
He won three consecutive derbies this up there. This guy's the Diamond Lake guru of all time. He right? really he's is. He's a work. Yeah, <laughs> made this guy famous. <laughs> and uh, he won the derby two, 2014, 2015, 2016, uh, fishing the same way. And last year, the guys at the resort asked him to bow out, not fish, because it looked like it, people were wondering if, if this, something was on the take, you know? Like it was all fixed. So he did, and he's like all bummed. But he's back this year. And uh, he's got this, this other way to fish up there that really not too many other people really know about at all. Um, he fishes with these big emperor dragonfly nymphs that he collects in area lakes and ponds. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, these, they're like two inches long, big, chubby, and they're really aggressive nymphs. They, they actually swim by jet propulsion and they attack things like uh, mosquito larvae and all that stuff. So they're like the baddest bug in the water, you know, in, in Southern Oregon, really. You know, they rival, rival stoneflies for the size, but stoneflies aren't the bully of the Rogue River like uh, dra emperor dragonflies are the bully of the lakes. So these things, they spend two years in freshwater until they crawl out and then they hatch and turn those big bright, you know, those big bright uh, dragonflies you see all over places like Hyatt Lake and all that. Uh, and it, they only fly four weeks out of the year. When they're in the water though, they're like the ultimate fish food. They are the double bacon cheeseburger of the bug world, you know. I say like, they're sipping on these midges and all this stuff and that's eating little tiny slices of tofu and then these big, big bugs show up Rainbows think of them like, you know, triple-double cheeseburger or an extra-large pizza, and they just go all over it. So uh, this guy, Linson, uh, you know where he, he learned how to do this stuff? Uh, I'm guessing Korean Prairie. Yeah. As, a kid, as a kid, I remember I remember finding them. My dad called them bugs. Yeah. We would go wading out and try to catch the bugs. Yeah. We would get just enough to go catch some big fat fish on those things. So so he was fishing there in, the 70, in like 1970. He was hanging over out there as a teenager in the summers, and he was catching a lot of fish, but he wasn't catching any big fish. And some old timer there said, "Hey, you know, hey, dude, can you uh, keep a secret?" And he showed him these emperor dragonflies, which are pretty prevalent there. And your know, whole idea about catching big fish is is the opposite of catching hatchery fish. So while the power bait is the way to catch a planter, native food is the way to catch a native fish. And all the big fish in Crane Prairie are natives. And what do they eat? Well, you know, after a little while, you know, their trout's diet, you know, progresses over time. When they're really tiny, they're filter feeders, and then they're eating insects, and then they have to make a decision whether they're going to be big and badass or not. And you got to go from either insects to preying on fish, which is called piscifrous, or you just totally kick butt on the biggest bug in the water. Big fish need big food. Big fish need big food, exactly. And the emperor dragonfly is that big food. So I learned this from this old man, you know, swore him to secrecy, and he's just like, totally gave me everything on this thing, you know? So there's a story in the, the Mail Tribune on the 22nd, you know, detailing pretty much everything he does. Now, the way he fishes them, he fishes them under a bobber with a really long, light leader, no weight. And he, he hooks a really small treble to the, to the nymph and casts it out there. And so the nymph's all freaking out and is trying to swim to the bottom to get back into the muck. But, he, but the leader's short enough that he can't quite make it. So he actually swims himself to the bottom into the, into the bite zone where he just gets ripped apart. And he catches a lot of big fish this way because the big fish that have been there a while know this drill or they wouldn't have gotten this big. 
We don't stand a chance. Yeah, yeah. But he wouldn't give up how to how to hook the bug up so it doesn't die. <laughs> we must hook it in some certain spot not to not to get him wrong. He's like, know. man, like it's like it's like you got there's a six combination spin on a lock to uh, Fort Knox, and the dude just gave us five. And he said you're gonna have to figure out the last one on your own. I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we got for you today. Uh, if you like what you hear, pass it on to a friend. If you don't, pass it on to an enemy. Better yet, come down to Common Block and uh, buy me a beer. Until then, we'll uh, see you outside.